Hi, bringing you an episode today from my show, The Pause, on Transformation Talk Radio. I hope you enjoy it. This is about change and trust. Hi, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Today is an episode with just me, which it sometimes is, and I thought it would be fun to talk about change and trust and how in those kind of tumultuous periods of transition, finding a way to trust the process can get so, so hard. Um, like I'll raise my hand. I experienced this myself in terms, in times of big transition. Um, it's also why I kind of love helping people work through transition because when I'm kind of the neutral observer supporting people through a change process, I can see where all the trust is and I can help people kind of tap into their own and navigate it in a way that has them feeling at least a little bit more peaceful and grounded, even though everything else is kind of out of their hands. And um, I love it as an observer, but when I'm in it myself, I'm like, oh gosh, darn it. This is uncomfortable. I forgot how uncomfortable this is. Right. And I think for so many things in our lives, we could be in a period of transition for something at kind of any given moment. Sometimes they're really big. Uh, You're changing jobs. Maybe you're moving. Maybe a relationship is starting or ending. And those are, those are like kind of gut shaking, right? It can really rock your entire worldview. Um, And kind of in a way, the way when just saying it that way, can kind of break you apart into like two halves where you look inside yourself and suddenly go, what am I really now that there's this massive like metamorphosis kind of changing, right? And so there are those really big changes that we can endure and go through that really, I think, just call into the need to do a lot of reflection because you want to find grounding through the chaos to find something that feels stable so you can catch your breath while the tidal wave of things is going on. Like, It can feel like sitting on a river, a rock, a rock in the middle of a river with like big water going by either side of you. And you're not quite sure how you're going to get to the other side, but you still want to feel safe for just a second. So you're sitting on this rock before, I don't know, someone comes by with a boat and they're like, Hey, you want to jump in or the waters recede and you can actually walk more safely across. So I think of I think of trust and transition kind of in in some of those ways. We're looking for an anchor point to know that the thing we're going through is taking us in the right direction. If it's the move, if it's a new job, if it's a new relationship, if it's ending a relationship, if it's starting a family, if it's watching your kids grow up and leave the house, if you're entering a new phase of life and you're suddenly in an entirely new environment where all of the structures and stability you've created before are rapidly crumbling. And then where do you go from there? And it's big and um, it's very scary and you're not supposed to be perfect inside of it. And I just reminded myself of global geopolitics in that moment. And I just want to take a second here and just really honor the insanity of change and transition and uh, a need for hope um, over to Ukraine. So now I'm just going to do that really quickly because they need it. And that's all I can do from here in many ways. And if you're watching live, that might've felt different. 
And sometimes it's really out of our control, which is what that situation is. And so how do you just move forward? And so today's conversation is not necessarily applicable to just survival, because sometimes you just go and you have to go. What I'm talking about is for folks who are in maybe a stable government and we're going through more of our day-to-day and we're trying to figure out how to find our truth and our trust through a period of rapid transition or slow transition because, ooh, we do not want change. And so we are slowing it down as much as possible, but the struggle is getting real and it's getting difficult to like remain rooted. And that's what being stuck can feel like. Being stuck can feel like, you know, you got to change. You're really uncomfortable. Things aren't going right. Things aren't going well. Arguments are happening, but you refuse to budge, right? And so we want to kind of look at it that way. And so I thought I would break down trust in a few different ways. And I was thinking about what trust feels like what we need to know about trust and what trust can feel like kind of at an energetic, emotional, sensational level um, or sensation level. And um, I just ran this weekend a boot camp. So it was six hours, but we did it over three days, two hours each day. And it was around the boot camp itself was around energy boundaries, right? And so it was about creating boundaries for ourselves at an energetic level and learning what our energy feels like versus the energy of everything else. And then I worked with them on like ways that they can work clearing other energy out of their space, right? So it was very ethereal, it was very focused on our bioenergetic field, kind of the sensations on our bodies, and that we actually can use through meditation and visualization, a number of tools to help ourselves clear out other stuff out of our space. So we have an accurate sensation of who we are versus information that is other, other than our own energy. And, um, The biggest sense of trust I get when I'm in a place that I've done some of my personal work, my meditation work, is that I can be in trust of myself and in trust in a situation when I feel a a really deep sense of calm and peace. It's something we all probably would like to have more, and it takes a bit of practice to make space for it. Because there are so many competing things that want our attention, Um, thoughts, emotions, feelings, other people, certain situations we latch onto and over-focus on so that we don't have a sense of peace in our own space. And a sense of peace in our own space is kind of clearing out all of the other things that are asking for our attention in this very moment, even if it's chaotic, and just going, yeah, I'm here, all that is there, And I can kind of see where I'm supposed to be or not be amidst all this chaos. And that was the bit of the focus of the workshop or the boot camp that I ran. But when we're thinking about it to be in trust through transition, how do we find it in ourselves if we haven't done a six-hour boot camp around energy boundaries, right? How do we start to notice for ourselves when we're inside of a trusting sort of um, energy and can, it can help anchor us as we walk through uncertainty versus when we're out of it. So I've already said what trust can feel like, right? Trust can feel like peace, calm, uh, the ability to take a deep breath. Um, you could even think of it as radical acceptance, right? And radical acceptance being just like, who there's so much that's out of my control right now. I'm going to radically accept that I can do what I can do and allow the rest to just be what it is. And that is a deep sense of peace and calm that can help galvanize a sense of trust because from there you can actually start to make some choices for how you should move 
while, while the storm is raging or while the ground is shifting or anything um, with those kinds of metaphors, right? But I want to talk a little bit about what a lack of trust can feel like when we're going through change and transition and why we get so, um, why so many of us humans can be so resistant to change because of the lack of trust that we haven't practiced feeling within ourselves, which is really just a sense of coming home to yourself the way that I see it. Um, and one of them, I did take notes for today because I was thinking about this. Um, one of the ways that a lack of trust can show up is um, a sense of unknown unease, right? Like an, a nameless unease that shows up and that is really uncomfortable. And a means of escape is doing something um, like for pleasure or for comfort, but not in and of itself to enjoy like, oh my gosh, this croissant is perfect. Oh my gosh, this um, I'm cozying up in a corner to read this book on a rainy day just to experience, like the purpose of it would be like the pleasure and the comfort and the enjoyment of it. But to use things like that, like pleasure and comfort as a means of escape, as opposed to um, for, for why we should, what we should invest in ourselves when we allow ourselves and give ourselves pleasure and comfort. But when we escape, when we use those things as a means of escape, they're very temporary. They don't last very long. They just distract us from our sense of unease because we're not sitting inside of a place of trust around the process that's a bit outside of our hands, a bit external to us, or we're not taking responsibility for what we can be in charge of, what we can control. And because we don't want to take that step or we don't want to acknowledge what we can't control, we escape into comfort and pleasure. And this can loop into really longer cycles and, and deeper and more harmful ones like cycles of addiction. Um, and I'm not going to therapize it, but you know what I mean? So like drug addiction, alcoholism, um, things like that to escape the discomfort of what we can control and what we can't control. And just to be inside of that, or we just notice that we're escaping and then try to navigate back. Where am I not trusting? Where do I feel powerless and start to have an inquiry inside of that discomforting process. And so that's how a lack of trust can show up is that you want to escape. You want to escape into something more comfortable in a, a more benign, not totally benign, but benign example could be like binge watching something because you just can't do something else right now. You feel stuck. Okay. And then the other way that I was thinking about for how, um, not try, not having trust through something complicated and how it could show up is a sense of isolation and aloneness and that you're on your own. And I think, I think a lot of us can feel like that, even if we are in different groups or relationships or families or work situations that we can feel really isolated. And it's really challenging because I think so many people in some ways feel really isolated right now, even though they are working together. Um, there's just this, this whole thing around the epic changes that have happened in our world where um, our own experiences have been kind of hard or painful and isolating. And it's like trying to figure out what to do with that. Now that stuff is moving again. Like how is there a way to kind of plug back in? Cause you can't plug back in the way that you were plugging in in 2019. Like that just isn't really the same as it was before. And so what does it look like? And that can feel perpetually isolating because you don't know what it looks like now. And so there could be some fear in there. 
And um, this is where you have to, and it's funny, right? Like all of the answers to like finding a way to have trust in yourself in the process is also about allowing yourself to feel uncertain and be okay with that and allow yourself to be vulnerable. Like vulnerability is a very difficult thing to step into willingly. Um, And it's often after being beaten over the head, having a lot of hard things happen and just kind of getting into that spot where you just don't have another choice. Finally, that you have to be vulnerable in order to have help or to have connection that starts to change the tide. And so I have a client who I've worked with before and she's really great because she's like, Ellen, I can get drugged through the muck because change is happening and I can go unwillingly or I can step into the discomfort and do the change on my terms. And that's really what this is about. And it's why I've really enjoyed working with her because she's like, it's not comfortable ever. Either way we go about it, but I don't like getting dragged behind the horse of change. I would rather be walking through the muck on purpose so that I can go at my pace and I can understand how I'm emerging without being so beaten up by the experience because I wanted to remain unconscious to it. And I think that that, I mean, I think that that's profound and I'm so glad that I still get to work with them from time to time. And I think it really speaks to, to this, the ability to know that building trust in yourself, particularly through times of big change and transition, I think people feel like they're supposed to be confident and have the answer and then go this and this and this and this are the next four steps to take. And Sure, that might happen and that would be amazing. But in my experience, it's a little bit more about going like this. It's like that serenity prayer, which I'm going to say incorrectly because I can never remember it exactly, but it's like the serenity, the wisdom to, yeah, I'm not going to say it right, but basically it's about knowing what you can change, knowing what you can't change and the wisdom of knowing the difference. (laughs) I just totally butchered it. And, um, oh yeah, serenity to accept the things you cannot change the courage to change the things you can and the wisdom to know the difference. Somebody knows that much better than I do. And, and that's what going through change is like, and that's what trust building through change and transition is like, um, I worked with someone earlier this morning, actually my early bird, I love early birds. Um, I actually get up pretty early myself, so it works really well for my schedule, but, um, we were talking about the difference between trust confidence and trust building with oneself and all the resistance that shows up and says, no, I want to argue about this bad thing that just happened, or no, I really want to just not deal with this. I don't have time to deal with this thing that's happening, but like the things that are happening are so big and so obtrusive that they're getting drugged through the mud a little bit with the experience because they have to respond to the external conditions that are happening in their space. And they're like, but I don't, I don't, I like, there's this part of them that knows that things are going to be okay. And then there's the other part of them that's more fun to wallow inside of, which is to argue with everything and like yell at it and kind of feel victimized. And so we were talking about the difference between like, yeah, you don't, you're not sitting inside of the confidence that it's going to go forward. You're in the middle of trust building to get out of this kind of argumentative state of where you are right now and push yourself into the future of knowing that you can build trust. And then when this happens again, 
it'll probably feel uncomfortable again. It probably won't be the same scenario again because you're in the process of making a transition out of this pattern. And it's about building the confidence that you'll get there. So it's the trust building within your own self. And I know these things, when I talk about them, can feel kind of esoteric because they're all concepts, right? Like I'm not physically able to hold something up and say, when it sounds like this, I don't even know if you can hear that on my microphone, but when it sounds like you're clinking on a cup, it means this. And when it breaks, it means that, right? It's, it's, it's not tangible in a physicality, but it's very real on an energetic level. And energetically is where we create first. And from our energy or from the energy of our intention, it will help create the thoughts. The thoughts kind of trigger emotions in our body. The emotions trigger the words we say or how we talk to ourselves. And those things inform how we interrelate with ourselves and others and eventually go into like the making of something, the making of a plan, the making of a business, the making of a piece of art, right? Into a thing that's a concrete something, right? So this like super ethereal out there concept to something eventually that gets produced through us, the medium, the body. And um, trust building is sort of like this key for our own selves, where we can start to put ourselves into different situations down the road based on how we meet discomfort, uncertainty, change, transition. Are we going to get stuck in being victimized and having been batted around by the winds of change? Or are we going to go, wow, this is epically uncomfortable. I'm going to practice the serenity prayer. I'm going to trust in myself that even though I can't see the answer, that I'm going to find somewhere to step and I might stumble, I might skin my knee, I might still fall, but I'm going to keep getting up and I'm going to look for the ways that I can manage my situation. I'm also going to see, does this change actually, and this is what I think is really key, especially when big situations outside of your control affect you in the background and will stay outside of a war zone, because I think that's a little bit epically, I think it's the same, but different and just bigger and harder to kind of conceptualize, but staying in our regular day-to-day lives, when something big happens, like let's say um, I got an eviction, no cause eviction notice a number of years ago. And um, it was really frustrating because I was, I think I've shared this before. So I apologize if you've heard it, but I was uh, three or four months pregnant Um, we were renting a condo. My husband had just gone back to school full-time. We were paying for full-time like preschool and daycare for my older, well, my only child at that point. And I was the sole earner. And so everything was reliant upon me and being evicted with 90 days notice while I was pregnant in all these conditions. And there was a rent hike crisis going on in the city was very stressful, right? I could feel very victimized, very indignant, very whatever. And I sure did for a few days. Um, And I also just kind of liked the drama of the story. Can you believe what my landlord is doing to me and my family? And then within five days, my neighbor walks out and I see a bunch of people going in and out of his place. And I see him when he comes back and I say, what are you doing over there? He's like, it's an open house. I'm selling my condo. And I just looked at him and I was like, oh, interesting. Huh? Can I see it? So he's a general contractor. And it's an owner-occupied unit next door to me. So I walk in and I'm like, ooh, 
all the finishes that I would have wanted in the one that we're renting are here. Granite countertops, energy efficient windows, a washer and dryer that like exist in a logical place in the unit. Um, these were like a 1960s build condo. So like there was some creativity happening in a number of them. And I just looked at him and I said, what are you asking? And he said this, and I was like, all right. And within three days I had a realtor, uh, pre-approval letter and an offer because we could afford it. It was really similar to what we were already paying in rent to do the mortgage. And we had just enough, fortunately, to like make all of that work. I got so excited about what I could control and what I could make happen that other stuff just started like coming into our experience that really helped make it go forward and go forward very smoothly during a summer where it was very difficult to get like your appraisal done in time and all that kind of stuff. Like it all just happened. And with three days left on our 90 day, no cause eviction because the owner of our unit wanted to sell, but wouldn't sell it to us because they wanted it to go to market prepped and pretty and perfect. So they wanted to kick us out no matter what. Um, We moved into our new place And I felt like they had their just desserts by not selling it to me because they ended up selling it for about 30,000 less than they were hoping to the where we were renting from. And I was ready to pay their asking price. And so I was very happy with how it all worked out. And so did I like going through that in a very inconvenient time period of my life? Absolutely not. But ultimately, was it better for my family and I to be in something that we owned? We ended up making very good friends and lived there for seven years or well, seven years total, but probably five years of ownership. And um, it worked out so well for us in the long run that it was meant to be in a like a meant to be kind of thing. But did I think I was really, would I have sought that experience out on my own? Never. Did I want to be a victim about it? Absolutely not. Was it super uncomfortable and kind of scary? Totally. Did it work out for us? Yes. And I know that that's like one very specific example for like one situation, but it is an example about when you have change happening to you, which is what we had, you can either anchor into being angry and victimized about the things that are making things go unplanned, or you can take a step back best you can look at the framework around you and say, is this trying to push me into something if I just find some radical acceptance and have trust that it's going to work out. And we never know how it's going to work out, but I have found time and time and time again, that when I step into the discomfort and I work from that place as best I can, because it is absolutely hundred percent, never perfect. But if I work from that place of a more radical acceptance, I'm going to say it that way because I don't think I ever get quite to radical acceptance. I'm always like trying to get there a little bit. But if I'm accepting that this is what's happening and I can't really change that part of it, and then I look for what I can work on to like scaffold it and support, I tend to find my pathway across that river I talked about at the beginning, right? I'm like, oh, the water's just receded a little bit. There's another stone I can hop to. And sometimes it's sweet. Like my neighbor, he was in that kind of analogy, right? He was kind of the dude in the boat where he's like, Hey, I got a boat. You want to get on it? And I can jump off the rock into like, you know, his boat, which was his condo that he sold. And, um, those things can really work for us, but we have to trust build that we can decide to not be a victim to the circumstance and we can try to step into what can work for us. And in times of, in times of 
bigger, more drastic, more global, more geopolitical stuff, I don't have an answer because that that is like a bigger macro structural shift that affects a lot of people. And that is really, really difficult. And sometimes moving for survival is the answer in that moment. I think absolutely moving for survival is the answer in that moment. And I'm not trying to say that I have, oh my God, I don't even know why I'm talking about it. Like I don't have answers for that. It's just terrible. So what can I do? I can send hope and love pivoted back to this because I just don't want to try to conflate them that you can solve everything this way. Right. But we can have hope and we can do all of the actions we can to help contribute to stopping war and hoping that peace comes um, on that end of it. And then in our own lives on the smaller scale of the disasters, right. What do we have control over? What can we do? How can we find radical acceptance in the moment, even if it's uncomfortable and unwanted and unwarranted? How can we find comfort in the moment to find the pieces of seniority and sovereignty that we still have to make choices towards something desired, towards something wanted, or towards just a greater sense of calm and peace? It's not perfect. It's about trust building not always being in trust confidence, but knowing that we can get there. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Um, That's about it. Thanks for your attention, listening, participation. If you've got questions or would like to book a session, I work with people in a coaching context or intuitive reading context. You can find everything at my website, ellenwyomingdeloy.com. Thanks for being here today.